Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate that so very much. You grab your Bibles, turn with me. We'll be in the book of Genesis in just a moment. The book of Genesis in just a moment. Appreciate the scene, the music this morning. Appreciate your participation. I know it is a busy weekend, been a busy week for many of you. And so I trust this morning we'll be encouraged and challenged all at the same time and uh, also be able to draw near to the Lord. I hope your heart and mind is prepared to spend some time at the feet of our Savior. I'm looking forward to today and what the Lord has for us. In Psalm, one of my favorite verses that we have, and we'll get it up here in just a moment here. In the book of Psalm, Psalm 143, verse 5, it says this, I remember the days of old. I meditate on thy works, and I, I muse on the work of thy hands. I love that first statement, and I think it's appropriate for this weekend, what tomorrow is, Memorial Day and things, that I, I remember the days of old, how, how good it is to stop and remember. I, I believe we would do a great in, uh, disservice to the men and women who have fought and died for our country if we failed to acknowledge tomorrow and this weekend all that they've done for us. Uh, I believe that uh, this weekend should be a special time of remembering their lives, gratefully recalling their sacrifice, and forever holding them in our memory. Uh, I speak directly to the young people. We have several here, whether college age, teenagers, even some younger than that. I will tell you, Memorial Weekend is not just the beginning of summer. Memorial Weekend is not just a big holiday of summer, the first big one. It's not just a, a time for good sales at the home improvement store. It's not a time just for get-togethers. It's a memorial. It's an important memorial in our nation's history, and friends, I pray and trust that it will be an important memorial in our nation's future that we will not soon forget. The title of the morning's message is this, A Memorial Worth remembering how sad it would be to have a, a memorial whether a physical object or even a day and and forget what it was for forget uh, the event the person that it is recalling to mind that it is helping us to pay due homage to the definition of memorial is pretty simple. It's just something established to remind people of a person or event. Our nation has many of them, and this weekend, Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day tomorrow, is one of them. You see, soon after the conclusion of the bitter Civil War here in America, when the wounds and the hurts were still fresh in the hearts and minds of the people of this land, uh, both the North and the South, the Georgia-based Ladies Memorial Association, one of many similar organizations to arise in the aftermath of the Civil War, pushed for a day to honor Confederate soldiers. That year was 1866. Well, their efforts are believed to have, a, had, have had a lasting national impact. For they caught the attention and they influenced and in, impacted General John A. Logan. In 1868, just two years later, General Logan, he was a Civil War veteran. He was the national commander of the Grand Army of the Pacific, or excuse me, of the Republic. He ordered the decoration of Union graves with flowers on May 30th. Here is his proclamation as general. He said this, The 30th of May, 1868, is designated for the purpose of the strewing of flowers. I love that terminology. Or otherwise, decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country during the late rebellion. Now, those of us are from the South, that, that term rebellion may be a little offensive, but anyway. 
whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet churchyard in the land. Now, that date, May 30th, was not a special date because of a battle or war or something huge that took place. And so it was simply called, many of you, the older generation remember, it was called Decoration Day. The day that the graves were decorated, Memorial Day as it would become known. Now, down through the years, I find this is funny, this is true Americana. Down through the years, many towns and villages and cities claimed the birthplace or to be the birthplace of Memorial Day. In fact, over two dozen cities claim it. So, like good fashion, the president decided to settle it. In May 1966, and so after each of the wars, and certainly the memory and remembering them Memorial Day was added, it certainly became a national holiday, and at least in practice. So in May of 1966, President Lyndon Johnson stepped in. He officially declared Waterloo, New York, the birthplace of Memorial Day. Then in 1971, Congress passed the National Holiday Act of 1971. And since then, almost every state has observed Memorial Day as the last Monday of May every year. As a special day set aside to forever remember our fallen heroes, the men and women that have bravely served and died for our country. And I will say it again, and I will say it until I die. It is a memorial worth remembering. Young people, in our nation today, the idea of patriotism is being attacked. Never cease to be a patriot. Be thankful for America. Be thankful for those who've gone on before us and spend days and weekends like this remembering them, giving them due honor. I love that verse. I remember the days of old. And so today we want to remember the days gone by here in America and those who fought and died for our freedoms. And yet, as we think of the fallen Americans, We give thanks for their sacrifice. Let us never forget to praise our God who has given us so much through their sacrifice. Because without God's blessing, without God's mercy, even with all the sacrifice of those soldiers, America would be nothing. And so, as we honor them, we praise God. And as we think about this Memorial Day and we recall the people in events, and I, I trust maybe uh, you go by a cemetery, you see those marked with an American flag, you remember those who've served and so forth, or maybe you attend a service even tomorrow, whatever the case may be, as, we, as this day moves us to remember, I can't help but think that there are some other memorials worth remembering that God would have you and I to recall even this morning. The first is in Genesis chapter 9. Would you turn there with me? Genesis chapter 9. Look with me at verses 13 and following. Genesis chapter 9, we look at verse 13. God is speaking. He's speaking to Noah. And uh, he is uh, making a statement. Yes, a promise very much. But Genesis chapter 9, look at verse 13 with me, if you will. God is speaking. He says this, I do set my bow in the cloud. And it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass that when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, and which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters no more shall no more, excuse me, become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud. And I will look upon it. 
that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. Okay, so we're familiar with this. It is the description of the rainbow. We all love the rainbow. Now, I have termed it as this, the rainbow. Remember, God's promises will always be kept. Maybe you've never thought of a rainbow before as being this. It's a memorial. In fact, I I love it that it is a memorial for God first and foremost. Did you catch what he said? He said, I'm going to set my bow in the clouds. As the clouds come through the sky, and it was neat this morning to drive, and there was no cloud in the sky, amen? But when the cloud does come in the sky, and he says, listen, when there's rain and so forth, and the rainbow appears, I, that I may remember is what it says. We just read it. That I may remember. And certainly by implication, the truth is this. Not only is the rainbow a memorial worth remembering for God, but it is a memorial for you and I. Don't you love seeing a rainbow like this picture depicts? Not just for its sheer beauty, of course, that is true, but the reality is, man, that is the hand of God at work. That is a memorial that he has placed in the sky. And and what does it remind us of? Well, I'll tell you this. Forget the pot of gold at the end. Number one, it doesn't exist, so don't try But number two, more important than any pot of gold, here's reality. You know what a rainbow represents for you and I? Something much more valuable than its beautiful appearance in the sky. It's this. Our God will keep every promise he's ever made. See, that's the memorial. Hey, man, I see a rainbow. Wait a second. You know what that's a grand reminder of? You claim the promise, God's going to keep it. It's a reminder, I'm going to, he says, listen, I'm putting that bow there. I will, uh, in this case, I'm never going to destroy the earth again with a flood. I'm never going to judge it where I destroy all of mankind with water. And yet the greater principle is this. God, through the rainbow, proves that he keeps his promises. And the rainbow reminds us that there are other promises that God has given, even that he has given to, to Noah. I love this. In chapter number 8, okay, Noah, uh, Noah is on his adventurous boat trip. And, and what happens is as he lands and God provides for him, he offers a burnt sacrifice. Uh, praising God for what has transpired and what had taken place. Because here's the truth. You know what Noah realized? And, and I love this statement of chapter 8 in Genesis, okay? And uh, uh, what Noah realized is this. The very fact and matter that Noah and his family settled on dry ground, they survived the flood, was a proof that God keeps his promises. God had already promised, no, I'm going to see you through this. Just do what I say. Be obedient. And boy, I'm going to take care of you. Everything will be fine. Now listen to me. My favorite part of chapter 8 is this. It's the first few words. It says this. And God remembered Noah. Now that's not saying this. Oh man, there's a human still left. I forgot about him. Okay? It's not like you and I. You ever misplace your keys? You ever lose something? You misplace it? Man, I got to remember where I put that. I got to remember right. No, no, no. That's not at all what it's saying. Do you realize what that first statement of chapter 8 is saying is this? God remembered Noah, and he's going to keep his promises to Noah. He's going to allow him to land on dry ground, and so he does. And as that transpires and that happens, Noah lands. He, he begins to offer burnt sacrifices. And, and what a great study, because you know what happens? 
He, he starts taking of those clean animals. He, he offers the sacrifices. And verse, I think it's 21, says, the heart of God was touched. Now listen to me. If Noah, with his burnt sacrifice, can touch the heart of God, my friend, by your obedience, by your sacrifice of doing what God says, by living for him, you too can touch the heart of God. I'll tell you this morning, it humbles me to think that Stephen Henry can touch the very heart of God. That you can touch the heart of God. Look at verse 20 of chapter 8, if you will, with me. We're looking back just a, a chapter. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord. And he took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl. And he offered burnt offerings on the altar. Look at verse 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, his heart is moved, it's touch. I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. Now notice this, verse 22. While the earth remaineth. While the earth remaineth. Now, I'll tell you, in case you missed it, the earth is still here. In case you're wondering, it's still here, okay? While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night, shall not cease. So here's another promise of God that he gave Noah. Listen, Noah, hey, as the earth, as long as it does not cease, you're going to have every day, every month, every year, every generation, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat. Now we understand that just described last week here in Michigan. But anyway, Okay? We're going to have we're going to have all these things. We have day and night. That's going to happen summer and winter. So think about it. You woke up today. And boy, some of you were thankful that soon after you woke up, the sun came up. What we would commonly refer to as daytime arrived. Now, others of you, you woke up and daytime had already arrived. But anyway, tonight the sun will go away, the moon will come up. And we will call it night. If we get more days like this and it gets a little warmer, we'll say, hey, summer has arrived. And then by August, we'll say winter has, okay, anyway, just, hey, we go through this every day. We go through it every week. We go through it every month. Cold and heat and wind, harvest time. Listen, my friend, just like the rainbow, can I tell you every time the moon comes up and every time the moon goes down and the sun comes up, you know what it is a memorial for? Our God keeps his promises. See, uh, it is a memorial worth remembering. I see a rainbow. I, I see the sun. I see the moon. I, I, I see summer. I see winter. I experience the cold. and I experience the heat. It is a grand reminder that my God keeps every promise. It is a memorial that we have a promise-keeping God. Now, let me ask you this. Let's make it practical. What promise this morning, what promise this morning do you most cherish? Of all the promises in the scripture, the, the verse we read right before the, the special by the choir, that's a promise. But there's many more. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We could go on and on and list. Which one do you cherish most? Which one this week have you started to doubt? Because, you know, I don't see that really working out in my life. I don't see it happening. I, I've tried this, and boy, it doesn't seem to be working. Listen to me, listen to me. If God keeps one promise, God keeps them all. 
And if the sun came up this morning and it did, friend, can I tell you, God will keep every promise. Just the mere fact that the sun is in the sky today, that it is daytime, is a reminder that my God keeps his promises. So what promise are you cherishing? Tonight, when the sun goes down and, and, and the moon comes up, could I encourage you? Could I challenge you as a believer? You see that moon and say, hey, it's nighttime. Wait a second. My God keeps his promises. Hey, this promise here, boy, I, I, he shall direct thy path. And I'm hanging on to that. Delight in the Lord. And he's gonna, I'm going to hang on. That's my, that's my promise. Tomorrow morning when the sun comes up, would you re, be reminded that, oh, yeah. Hey, when you drive by here, and yeah, I love seeing the, the farmer's fields, and I love to see the plants starting to come up, and some of them, some already up. And can I remind you, when you and I drive by that farmer's thing, it ought to be a reminder. Seed time, God keeps his promises. And then, boy, when we trust that here in a few months, as we used to say in Indiana, the corn is knee-high by the 4th of July. And soon after that, we get to reap in the harvest. Can I tell you, in your own garden, in the farmer's fields, when you see them out there reaping it and taking all that grain in and that corn and soybeans, you name it. My friend, would you be reminded your God keeps His promises? Because He said as long as the earth does not cease, there will be seed time and harvest. There'll be day and night. When you wake up another morning this summer and there's a frost advisory, would you be reminded in cold and heat that our God keeps His promises? And my friend, as I trust and pray that we get more rain here in Michigan, when you and I see a rainbow, may you and I just rejoice that it is a living memorial that our God keeps His promises. It is a memorial worth remembering. May you and I never see a rainbow and just think, huh, that's neat, and forget what it stands for. Forget that it is a grand memorial worth remembering that God has kept his promise of not destroying the earth or the flood again, and he will continue to keep his promises. It is a sure thing. Hey, number two, you know another memorial worth keeping? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Lord has worked it out greatly in this weekend for us to... I'll turn to this not only this morning but also this evening first corinthians chapter number 11 if you will turn with me there first corinthians chapter number 11 well, we'll pick up right in the middle of this passage and uh, as i said you'll see what i'm speaking of here in a moment but important passage for today Verse number 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 25, And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So number one, the rainbow, it uh, helps us to remember that God always will will always keep his promises. Number two, we look at redemption in the form of uh, the Lord's Supper. And it helps us to remember that our redemption draweth nigh. Our redemption draweth nigh. See, tonight, on Memorial Weekend, you and I have the privilege of partaking of the Lord's Supper. What is the Lord's Supper? Okay, uh, We have written on the front, you can't see it now, but this is doing remembrance of me, right? It's a memorial. Uh, it's a memorial that, don't miss it, our Lord himself commanded. This do ye. You do this. 
This is a memorial to be observed. And he didn't tell us how often, and, and yet we, we do it every other month here at Fostoria Baptist Church, but he did command us to do it. And he took that loaf of bread, and, and he tore it apart and passed it to each of the disciples. He took that cup of juice, and he passed it around the table for each one to partake. What did he do? He drew their attention to the symbolic nature, to the reality that they, this bread and this cup, were a memorial of the offering of his body that he would soon make. His shedding of his blood, all freely sacrificed so that the free gift of salvation could be free to all. And this is what he said, this do in remembrance of me. It's a memorial. This is a memorial what I'm going to do a few short, in a few short hours on the cross, Christ said. You remembered the work that I committed upon the cross so that you could have a way to gain heaven and lose hell. You remember, uh, you remember, I have bought you with a price. I have redeemed you with my shed blood. Remember, do not forget. See, tonight as we gather around this table, it's a memorial of our redemption. Now, one of my favorite truths of this is maybe sometimes what we kind of forget or look over. Uh, we take it for granted. It would probably be a better description. You know what I like about the Lord's Supper as we will observe it tonight? It is not a time where you and I will gather and then we'll have the bread and the juice sitting on this table and Pastor Henry will partake and that's it. It's not like it's just the disciples who would get bread and juice and partake. No, no, no. Listen, what do we do? We did just as Jesus Christ did in the upper room. We pass it to each individual believer. And my friend, you will take of the bread. And you will take of the cup. That perfect, beautiful picture of the reality that Jesus Christ died and redeemed you. He didn't just do it for a pastor. He didn't just do it for deacons. He just didn't do it for a select few. No, friend. As you take that bread and you take that cup individually, it is symbolic and in a picture of the reality that you yourself have individually put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So as you've taken that bread and you take that cup, it is remembering that there was a day in my life where I realized that I could do nothing for my sin. I could not pay the penalty other than eternity in hell. There's nothing that I could do to gain heaven. But Jesus Christ did it all. He gave his body. He shed his blood. And as I have put my faith and trust in him individually, personally, so I too now remember that in partaking of the bread and drinking the cup. It is a beautiful picture but my question is this. Have you put your faith and trust in him? Have you individually come to that moment where you said, okay, God, I, I'm done working to heaven. I'm done thinking that I'm a good enough person to, to gain entrance into heaven. I realize that I am sinner. My sinner makes me guilty uh, of sin and death. And therefore, I, the penalty of that sin is hell. I 100% understand it. And I come to you now in this moment and put my faith and trust in you. Because if you have not yet put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, may I tell you the Lord's Supper, which we observe tonight, which is for those who've trusted in him, my friend, it's not a memorial for you. You're on the outside looking in. Could I encourage you today to make today the day of salvation? As we gather tonight, this is a memorial because we have done just that. 
See, if nothing changes in your life, if you don't put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, my friend, the reality is you will be in hell for all of eternity, not heaven. Yet, this memorial of the Lord's Supper was given to us to remind us, number one, redemption is available. Can I tell you the most joyful thing that I can tell you today is this? Jesus still saves. This is still sufficient to save you. Some 40 years ago, I had the privilege of putting my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior, and it was sufficient then. But I'll tell you right now, 2021, May, it's still sufficient. What he did, his payment, my friend. And so today, 40 years later, man, I'm old. 40 years later, tonight, when we take of that bread and we drink of that cup, can I tell you right now, I am remembering a day after a Sunday night service where I was sitting in my bed and I was scared of hell, realizing my sin was sending me there. And through the help of my parents, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ for heaven. And tonight, man, it's not just remembering that day, but the most important day is this, when Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary for my sins, your sins. He rose again. It's a memorial. And you know what? There's also one other thing that this is tonight. Now, you, you know me because if you've been around for one of our uh, observance of the Lord's Supper, the thing that I love the most about this memorial is certainly the salvation that it remembers and what Christ did. That is most important. But man, personally, what I just glean from is what Christ said. He summed it up well when he described the times that you and I are living in, the end times. Remember what he said in Luke chapter 21, verse 28? He said this, and when these things begin to come to pass and they are then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh and i'll tell you right now tonight when you and i observe the lord's supper i'm going to be rejoicing that my redemption draweth nigh that the day is coming when that redemption will have come full circle that i will be redeemed you will be redeemed from this sin stained sin cursed earth and we will be with our Savior and our God forever. You see, every time I get the privilege of lifting that wafer of bread and that cup of juice, I am comforted by that thought, my redemption draweth nigh. Look at verse 26 in our passage, would you? This is really what he even said himself. Verse 26, For as often as ye uh, eat this bread and drink this cup, here's the memorial, you do show the Lord's death and then my favorite words here, till he comes. I may have said it last, Lord's Supper, but forgive the redundancy or the repetition aids learning. Let's think of it positively. You know what might happen tonight? This just might be the last Lord's Supper we observe here on earth. If not, this one thing I do know, it is one less we observe before Christ returns. One less. Thy redemption draweth nigh. 
My friend, every time that we see those, those containers of bread, the pans, whatever you would call them, the, the, the holders of the juice, whenever we see that gathered here, your mind and my mind ought to be immediately drawn to the sacrifice that Jesus Christ has made so that every person could gain heaven and lose hell, that God is not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance. We ought to remember that day, that time when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and he saved us. And beyond that, friend, we ought to remember, my redemption draweth nigh. It will soon come full circle. There's one final one. Certainly the rainbow, it reminds us that God will keep every promise. The redemption, pictured in the Lord's Supper, we remember that our redemption has been accomplished and our redemption draweth nigh. But last but not least, I love this. There is the memorial of the rest. Remember that God has given you rest. Okay, if we were to ask some of our children, say, hey, God created the earth in six successive days, and he said it was all good. Then on the seventh day, what did he do? Well, he rested. We know that. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 3 says this, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. See, many of us, too many of us, have forgotten that the seventh day was blessed and sanctified. Remember the term sanctified, it was set apart. There's a reason you set something apart. We're going to, uh, uh, I remember times, and certainly we, we even had, a, uh, some of you ladies, you set aside the good china. Uh, the, good, the good dishes, the good, you, you set that aside for a special thing, but you know it's there. The idea of setting aside, he has set aside this day, not the idea that it wouldn't be used, but he has set it aside for something special. He has set aside uh, that seventh day uh, to be blessed, to be a memorial. Then he would, God would set forth the pattern that it would eventually, that pattern was set forth, that it would eventually become of God's, part of God's covenant with Israel. It's included in the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath, to keep it holy. And so the pattern was set. Six days of work, a day of rest, a day of memorial. You say, why? Why do we set aside a day of the week? It's a memorial. Christ worked six days, and he rested on the seventh, and all the work that he'd done was good. And, and he then set that up as a pattern. Then we come to the New Testament. And Jesus Christ died and he rose again and that happened on the first day of the week. And so from the apostles and the early church on, the pattern became that they set aside that day of rest, that meeting time of, of worship and, and focusing on God as the first day of the week. And they made it a day of rest, a day of remembrance. It was a weekly memorial for that day of rest that God had instituted, established. You say, what? why is it memorial? Why, why is this day, as we've gathered on this Sunday, the first day of the week, why is it a memorial? What are we supposed to do in this memorial? Well, number one, it, it, it's a time to remember that everything around us is God's creation. He is God. We are His creation. See, the, the psalmist put it this way. Know ye not... Or know ye, excuse me, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know what Sunday serves as a time to remember, wait a second, this life isn't really about me, it's all about him. 
The reason I'm here is God. The reason this still exists is God. The one who created it is God. And so my friend, this day of rest, this Sunday we gather here together, you know why? Because we want to remember that this is God's. It doesn't belong to people. It doesn't belong to a nation. It doesn't belong to mankind. This is God. Likewise, this weekly day of rest, it's a time of reflection and remembrance of what the Lord has done for us. Yes, in the past, much like Memorial Day and and our nation, but, but also in this past week. Do you remember what God did for you this past week? See, when you and I come in those doors, when you and I gather to worship, it ought to be, and I, I like in our Sunday school, we do praises and we do prayer requests because we're remembering and praising God for some of the things he did. We are remembering the benefits of God. We are remembering what God has done. And uh, well, the author, John Newton, one of his hymns, he, he, he wrote this. He said this, safely through another week, God has brought us all the way or brought us on our way. You know, sometimes Sunday's just a reminder I wouldn't survive unless God got me through it. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have made it from last Sunday unless God himself had seen me through. The psalmist also added to it. He said this, and bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You say, why do we have a Sunday where we come together and worship? Why, why is this like that day of rest, remembering? Why, why do we set it aside as a memorial, a day of remembrance? Because, my friend, you and I need to spend some time remembering what God has done for us. Oh, it ought to happen throughout the week. I get it. But isn't, isn't life going fast? Aren't our minds caught up with so many things in life? So it's good for you and I to come and sit here, not to just listen to a preacher, not just to sing some songs. But the reality is, my friend, you and I are here today to remember that our God has been good this week. That our God has done great things for us. It is a memorial, a time to remember. This day of rest and worship is also a great memorial in that it is a necessary remembrance, necessary remembrance of the saving work of Christ. You know what we remember tonight? Not just because it's the Lord's Supper, but we remember this. Jesus Christ said this, It is finished and do you realize that jesus christ himself went to a sense of rest he's now up at heaven sitting next to god the father he's done his work is finished and my friend when his work was finished it means the deal was done for you and i our redemption was finished he's there in a sense resting until the time comes for him to come and gather his bride unto himself, whom he has redeemed. But I'll tell you, there is even for me a, a more comforting memorial found in this day, this day of rest, this day of worship, this memorial. You see, the, the physical world around us, our physical lives are full of labor. I can see it in some of your faces. You've worked a lot this week. Some of you are fighting sleep. You worked hard. You have expended energy. This, this world out there uh, it, it wears us down. We work so hard. We labor. But you know what? Spiritually speaking, the seventh day has come. You and I, as we sit here now, we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We have enjoyed a spiritual rest. 
Now, I love what Paul, would you follow me and we'll be done. Notice in Hebrews chapter number four, or excuse me, chapter nine, verse four, here's what he says. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Now, could that picture heaven? Certainly, but that's really not contextually what he's speaking about. He says there's a rest that remaineth to the people of God. Now, wait a minute, listen to me. Some of you are like, man, I could use a vacation. I need some rest. Well, he's talking spiritually. And when we've gathered here together today, listen, we're here to remember something, and that's you and I have gained spiritual rest. There remaineth a rest to the people of God. What does he mean by that? Well, the very next verse, here's what he says, verse number five. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Jesus Christ, he's done, he, he's taken care of it. And here's the context in Hebrews there. Paul is saying this. Don't miss it. Jesus Christ has come. He's paid the price on the cross. He's done his work. When he said it is finished, his work was done, and he died for the sins of the whole world. So there is no more work done to be trying to keep the law. Not that we could do it, but there's no more work to be done. No more effort to earn one's own righteousness, which could never be done anyway. Now there is rest to those who believe. My friend, today, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, aren't you thankful that you don't have to work to get to heaven? Aren't you grateful you have spiritual rest today? Aren't you grateful that there's nothing that you have to do to earn or to keep your salvation? It is all of Jesus Christ. A spiritual rest. Man's inefficient efforts. You could try all you could. You could never earn it there. But your inefficient efforts and work are replaced by God's sufficient sacrifice. And there is rest spiritually to all that are in Jesus Christ. I did not come into church this morning thinking, okay, today I have to earn my way to heaven. I have to confirm that I'm a child of God by working and getting my way. No, 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 friend. When you walked in today, you already were experiencing spiritual rest in Jesus Christ. Paul would put it a few verses earlier in the same chapter, Hebrews, or not the same chapter, um, but in Hebrews chapter 4, this is what he said. Uh, Notice it. For unto us was the gospel preached as unto them. Okay? Okay. Notice it, but the word preached did not profit them. Catch it. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Then he goes on. For we which have believed do enter into rest. Now that's a statement. Did you catch it? This is powerful. He says, listen, we've gotten the gospel. We've heard the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And as we've received it and we've accepted it by faith, here's reality. It's been mixed with faith. But you take somebody that's heard the good news and they haven't trusted, they haven't mixed it with faith. There is no rest. But for those of us who believe, and we've already entered into the rest of God. My friend, the world, the world, does not know rest. You say, well, Pastor Henry, that's because there's wars and everything. No, 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 no. Well, Pastor Henry, that's because they're, they're not financially secure. They, don't, they, they need a government or somebody else to give them everything they need. No, 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 no. You say, Pastor Henry, they're not at rest because disease and famine and things are still taking lives. No, 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 no. The world is not at rest. They have not experienced rest because they do not know Jesus Christ. 
Paul says, for we preach Christ. That gives rest. And so as you and I are here today, if you've trusted Jesus Christ, would you just praise God? Man, I've got rest. (laughs) I'm not working to gain heaven. I'm working because I love my Lord. I want to please Him in all things. We have a spiritual rest. May I put it this way? Today, I'm at rest. Are you? Are you? I'm here today. I come out this Sunday. Why? As a memorial to the spiritual rest that I have found in Christ. How about you? There's one last way that I love Sundays. This day of rest, this memorial, this day of remembrance. Another way that I think is honestly the best part of every Sunday. Remember this, six days God worked. Remember what the number six represents in Scripture? It's the number of man. Then on the seventh day, and the number seven represents God, it's the, the number of divine, uh, he rested. That number six, number of man, it is very symbolic of a, this time we've spent or we spent here on earth. We toil, we work, we, we labor in this life. Paul said it time and time again. He said, listen, we're laboring in this life. This life is all about labor and work and so forth. But you know what is encouraging? The seventh day is coming for you and I. There is a day when you and I will enter eternal rest. Puts it this way. You know what this day is, Sunday? We, we've come away from the world. And don't miss this. This is a great truth of this day. We've come out from the world. We're saying, okay, now wait a minute. We want to gather together with the family of God, the bride of Christ. We want to gather together and our focus be turned on God. And so we've come out from the world and now we're worshiping together and we're remembering something today, our salvation, our redemption. It draweth nigh. And my friend, we get to remember that the day is coming where you and I will enter eternal rest. That same hymn, it made this statement. Day of the week, of all the week, the best. Emblem of eternal rest. Today is a picture of the reality that you and I will one day enter eternal rest in heaven. Today, I hope that as you've come through those doors, it has provided you an escape from all the pressures all the work, all the toil, all the labor of this world that you have as you sat in this pew, as you and I sing praises and worship of God, as our minds were focused on Him and His Word and and God Himself, I hope and I pray, because this is what God intends it to be, that it was an escape from you from the world. A taste of eternal rest. And you know what? For just a few hours, I don't have to worry about putting food on the table. I don't have to worry about earning a a roof over our heads. I don't have to worry about this going on and this work and this labor and this toil. Today, these hours that I have come into the house of God, it's a picture of the day that you and I will enter into the house of God forever. Our eternal rest. Just a taste of eternal rest. And so why do we gather on Sunday? Oh yeah, not forsaking the assemblies. Yes, but this is a memorial. There is so much we're remembering, and one of the greatest is this. (laughs) The day is coming, whether through the day that I leave this body or the rapture. Graduation day is coming. I'm going to enter eternal rest. Just as for these few moments, you and I have come out of the world, and we've gathered together as the bride of Christ. 
one day we will be gathered from the world to spend the rest of eternity with him. Now I'll tell you, that is a memorial worth remembering. Do you remember him? The rainbow, our redemption, and the rest. Are they memorials to you? Or are these just something else that happened? Every Sunday, eh, I'll live it to myself. I, yeah, I'll just endure. I'll make it through church. I'll, I'll just kind of go, eh, rainbow in the sky, big deal. Oh, another Lord's Supper? Is it here already? Do we just sit through it without allowing it to serve as that memorial? My friend, how is it for you today? Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful for the blessings of it. And Father, the teachings of these truths. And Lord, I pray in this moment, in this time, that we would not soon forget these memorials. That Lord, this weekend being special, tomorrow being a special day, I, I just certainly pray, Father, that you would help us to ensure that not only do we honor and remember those of our country who served and died, but Father, beyond that, much more importantly, spiritually, may we acknowledge and remember these memorials that are worth remembering. The rainbow in the sky, the sun as it comes up, the moon as it comes up, the seed time and harvest. Father, may this week we constantly be reminded, may we remember that you are a God that keeps your promises. Father, as we tonight gather around the Lord's table, I, I pray tonight we would be reminded of the salvation that has been so freely given to us, the sacrifice of our Savior. And then, Father, may we also be reminded this day that our redemption draweth nigh. And Lord, I pray that every Sunday that we gather here in this place, that your children gather as the bride of Christ, that we would not soon forget all that it stands for. May we be reminded of these things constantly. And Father, I pray that we would not soon forget that as we've come out from the world for just a few hours, the day is coming where we will come out from the world for all of eternity. Thank you for that promise. Lord, I pray that every moment we spend in your house would be a memorial, a remembering of how good we have it because of you, your love for us, Christ's sacrifice. Lord, I pray in these next few moments you'd work in every heart. Maybe it's simply to remind somebody of a promise that you've made in your word and that you will keep it. Father, maybe some of us have taken Sundays for granted taken the rainbow for granted we we've taken the lord's supper for granted i pray you'd smite our hearts you correct us even now and may we make it right with you now in this invitation 